want to be here. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away. A song away. A song away. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and it is time for the Monday bonus episode. All right. First of all, tons and tons and tons of songs today. Possibly more songs than any Monday bonus episode yet. Looks like you got to, I don't know. This is a ton. There's 92 files in my playlist but that includes the uh, intros. You know, split that in half. I'm going to say 45 songs. Yep, 45 songs. All right, so here's what we got going today. The, um, the topic, I'm calling it When I Was 14. This was suggested by Kevin Hartbarger. Sent me an email and he said, uh, Hey, I, you know, I just read an article that says that... Uh, Music that came out when you were, you know, 14 years old, uh, sometimes those are your favorite songs of all time. That's the music that stays with you forever. And um, so that's what we're doing. When I was 14, let's find out. Let's see if this music uh, still resonates with people after all these years. 14 for me, very long ago, long time ago, 42 years ago. I was 14 in 1978. But the thing is, a lot of the music from 78, I might not have started listening to until, you know, after after the fact. So this actually had to be a song that came out when you were 14, but you liked when you were 14. Does that make sense? Like, it's easy to pick a song that came out when I was 14, but was I listening to that song when I was 14? And um, the answer was probably no. But uh, I did find two. I'll kick it off with uh, with one, and then I'll uh, use the other one as the play out. Before we do that, though, just want to check in, make sure everyone's doing uh, doing okay, staying safe and healthy and well. And um, everything's good here. You know, wearing a mask, washing the hands, social distancing. All is good. All right. What else do I want to get out of the way before I start, before I forget? Okay. Next week's Monday bonus episode. I, uh, I threw up a, a quick poll on Twitter. And I said, should we do the music of Laurel Canyon? Because I just saw the Laurel Canyon, the uh, two-part documentary on epics. And it was fantastic. I love everything about the Laurel Canyon scene. I love hearing you know, stories about it, seeing pictures about it. And uh, this, uh, this documentary was better than any that I've seen on Laurel Canyon. So I highly recommend it. So I threw that out there. And then, uh, and then I just threw up... Uh, Two words, the who, and the who won. I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the vote count was. Let me see if I can find that real quick. But um, yeah, I don't know. What, let me let me try to find out. 
the vote count. Do, 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 do. Let me see. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. The who won. Was it close? Here we go. 56.2% to 43.8%. The who wins. So, next Monday, Monday bonus episode is going to be the who. Send me your intro. And, you're, and tell me what your favorite Who song is. I have all the Who music. Don't do solo songs. I don't want to. I don't want to play "Too Late the Hero" by John Entwistle or "After the Fire" or "Slit Skirts." Just, uh, just music by the Who. I, you know, if you want to send, a, if you want it to be a live track, we can do a live track. But uh, all Who music. That's it. And your deadline is going to be, what's today? Today is the time of this record. Let me think. So, you're listening to this on June 29th. I got to have the music by Wednesday, uh, 6 p.m. at night. And I had tons of people this time that didn't get in for this episode. And... uh so yeah, your deadline is uh, July 1st, Wednesday, July 1st, and we will say, um, we'll say noon, I'm going to say noon, Wednesday, July 1st, that's uh, California time, PST, and um, yeah, a lot of people didn't get in for this one, because I, I got stuff, you know, the next day, and uh, so... It's just, you know, I have to put all, I have to put 45 intros and 45 songs and cue them all up. So, uh, I, I give you a two day window, but, uh, get in, get in and you'll be on the show. All right, let's get started. So as said before, I turned and we can figure out everyone's age now, you know, when people say, oh, I was 14 and at this time we'll know, we'll know how old you are. So, uh, 1978 for me, I loved the first Boston album so much because my brother had that. So when the second Boston album came out in 1978, Don't Look Back, I was so excited. Loved the cover. I loved those flying guitars. I loved the sound. I love everything about it. And sometimes I even like Don't Look Back, the album, better than the first album and it just might be because that's the one I bought and it just might be because the first one is so overplayed but that said I never get sick of the first two Boston albums I just never do I think those are still great Don't Look Back could have probably used another song or two but I still love it so the song that I chose from Don't Look Back is a song called It's Easy Let's hear it. Didn't even pick the single. Didn't even pick the title track.
Rock in Peace, Bradley Delp. My God, his voice. So amazing. So great. Love that song. So that's uh that's my uh that's my first pick from 1978 when I was 14. All right, moving on. So, as you know, the artwork, Facebook artwork for all the Monday episodes is done by Daryl Asher. And I always let Daryl kick it off if he if he picks something or if he chooses to participate. So Daryl has chosen to participate. And let's hear what Daryl has to say. Hello again, Pat and Rock Solid listeners. This is Daryl Asher. This was a no-brainer for me to pick something when I was 14 because that was 1975. And 1975 happens to be when my favorite album was released and my favorite song is on that album. Coincidentally, it's also the year my lovely wife, Jen, was born. So, triple win or something. I know I often pick songs for this that are kind of slow burns and hard to capture the essence of in a minute or a minute and a half, and today is no exception. The album is... Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. The song is Shine On You Crazy Diamond, which is nine parts and a total of 26 minutes spread over the album. The vocals don't even start until about eight minutes in, but that eight minutes contains some of the best guitar playing ever recorded. Uh, David Gilmore just does some great stuff on there. Um, So anyway, there's no way you're going to you're going to be able to really appreciate how great it is with just a little chunk, but uh, we'll give it a shot. I say if you start about seven minutes and 45 seconds in and let it go for a minute or a minute and a half, you'll get uh, some of the guitar and some of the vocals, and then there's just a whole lot more to this. So, uh, or just, you know, play all 26 minutes if you want. Thanks. Daryl. 
I was nervous. I thought we were going to have some noodling. I thought we were going to drop into a spot of the song that wasn't great. I mean, 26 minutes, it's, it is hard to find a, a spot. But we did it. We did it. We got through. All righty, let's move on to uh, our next, uh, who is it there? Okay, here we go. I'm ready. Am I ready? I think so. Let's get it going. It's taking so long, Pat. Get a song on here. Hi there, Pat and all solid rock listeners around the globe. I'm Roar, calling you from a sunny and beautiful Norway. Looking through my vinyl and CD collection for all albums released the year I was 14, it became really a fun experience. That year, a lot of my musical heroes released albums. Boston, Journey, Rush, Queen, Tunisie, Journey, Styx, Van Halen, UK, Wings, The Who, Genesis, Whitesnake, Tom Petty, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Seger, Blondie and Cheap Trick all released great albums that year. But the one I'm choosing for my pick is a debut album that has really impacted me ever since. I became a loyal fan of this band, saw more than 40 concerts, bought all their music in one format or another, and I have followed them in all their ups and downs through the years. They had a big hit right off the bat with Hold The Line, still played regularly on Norwegian radio, and as studio musicians, they played on thousands of other records as well. But it was always as the band Toto I found them most interesting and great. The song I'm choosing is the second track of their debut and the first to feature Bobby Kimball on vocals. Starting off with a great riff from friend of the show Steve Lukather, then going straight into the chorus and a funky, groovy verse. From the year I was 14, 1978, this is Toto and I'll Supply the Love. That came from Roar J. Johansson. Roar, what a great tune. Thank you for including in your intro, friend of the show, Steve Lukather. Uh, that way I didn't have to do it, even though I just did it. Great tune. Love it. Love that opening riff. That's a cool tune. Toto, you know, check him out. You won't like everything. I love Toto, but I don't like everything. But the good stuff, the good stuff is truly great. All right, next up, this is a song that I totally forgot about, but I remember it from MTV, and I'm so glad that our next contributor put this uh, song back in my, uh, in my head. So thank you for that. Hello again, Pat and Roxanne. Nope, 
Hello nope. again, nope. Pat and nope. Roxada. Nope, nope, nope. That's not it. That's Daryl. Hi, Daryl. Hey, Pat Francis and Rock Solid Nation. It is Jeff, the rock and roll Frank Footer, chiming in with my pick this week, and I'm going with the members' working girl. So, the magical age of 14, the year is 1982 for me, and I am growing up a music obsessed beach rat in Tampa Bay. And in those early days of MTV, it was pretty much watching ad nauseum. And that's when I first learned about the members. Uh, the video was in high rotation. Um, and if you don't recall, the members is a UK kind of punk rock, kind of new romantics band. Uh, had some sweet mullets. Uh, and a fun little fact about the band is it actually features Steve Lillywhite's brother on drums and this is the band that Steve Lillywhite got his start as a producer, working on their first couple of records. Uh, and then just to put a bow on it, um, I ended up getting my dream job at MTV in 1997, where I could pick this video and all the other videos my heart desired. So enjoy and stay frosty. forget about but now i will never forget it thank you jeff also uh on all jeff's intros he calls himself jeff the rock and roll frankfurter i don't know if he's ever said his uh, his real name his last name is frank jeff frank and that's why he's the rock and roll frankfurter all right coming up next this guy i've said it before he sounds like drew carey in my opinion or someone someone i can't figure it out but he also has the most concise intros of all time. This one, this one's one of his longer ones, clocking in at 38 seconds. Let's hear what he has to say. Hi, this is Matt Berkey. I already picked an album from 2003, Thick Freakness by the Black Keys. The first compact disc I ever purchased was Weird Al Yankovic's Running With Scissors in 1999. His next album, Poodle Hat, covered Billy Joel, Avril Lavigne, the, and the Backstreet Boys, and even has a guitar solo by Dweezil Zappa. But I have selected the first track. This is Couch Potato, a parody of Eminem's Lose Yourself. Oh, has got Madonna, haters, Luke Perry, and a special all-pick Latin episode of Drew Carey. Wanna turn on E.T., cause I'm a guy 
a freak And I gotta know who J-Lo is marrying this week A 30 second spot, then we come back to Are You Hot? I was planning on recording The Sopranos, I forgot I love shows with or without a plot I'll stare till my legs are numb, my eyes bloodshot Because I only have got one brain to rot I'm gonna spend my life watching television a lot Sci-Fi Channel and AMC and Lifetime You're gonna lose your mind watching TV They told me, cajoled me, turn off that Oprah Winfrey show I got it on C-SPAN, TV, Land and HBO The Learning Channel and MTV and Lifetime You're gonna You can watch anything you want to, man A reference to Drew Carey in that song That that was on purpose It doesn't really sound like Drew Carey I just can't figure out who it is It's driving me nuts Eventually, I'll figure it out. I'll probably figure it out when we're done recording these uh, bonus episodes. And then I'll be the only one that knows it. No one else will know but me. All right, next up, this is a guy. He's a, he's a, what would I, what would I say? He's a, he's a great listener. He, he, he interacts, he engages, always edits his uh, song right into his intro. That's helpful. You don't have to do that. Everyone, please, you don't have to. But um, but uh, here we go. Hey there, Rock Solid listeners. Aaron here again, and I've decided to once again take part in this bonus episode. This is an interesting topic, especially for someone like me, considering how I had little to no interest in the music that was popular when I was 14 years old. Now, I was born in 1991, so I turned 14 in 2005. So I'm pretty sure I'm one of the youngest, if not the youngest person that is submitting a song to this episode. Oh, now, I was able to I'm find young. a song because 2005 was a good year for some veteran artists. The Rolling Stones released A Bigger Bang and Alice Cooper released Dirty Diamonds. However, the song that I'm going to pick here is from Paul McCartney and his great 2005 album, Chaos and Creation in the Backyard. And I got to be honest here. When I first heard the album, I was a little disappointed, given that there really weren't any rockers on the album. It's really a pop album. However, the more I listened to it, the more I liked it. And yeah, Chaos and Creation is still regarded as one of Paul's best albums, and it's still seen as a great later day release from a veteran artist. As for a song, I'm going to go with the song that opens up the album. So from Paul McCartney's Chaos and Creation in the Backyard, this is a song called Fine Line. Okay, so uh, check this out. Uh, this is Jeff Holmes from Leawood, Kansas. Hi, Pat. Hey, uh, listening audience. In 1974, I was listening to Dancing Machine by the Jackson 5. Two years earlier, I had seen him at the Missouri State Fair and uh, got hooked. And then I saw Michael Jackson dancing on TV to Dancing Machine. 
And I had to emulate that because when I went to the junior high and all the losers were standing next to the wall, all the girls would ask me to dance because I knew the moves and it was fun. And it served me well because I actually was on American Bandstand dancing for a while. So that was kind of fun. And I uh, still dance occasionally, just not as well. But anyway, here it is. Dancing Machine by the Jackson 5. Dancing, dancing, dancing. She's a dancing machine. Hey, Pat and Rock Solid listeners, Pat Halferty from Pittsburgh, PA here. And the year I turned 14, I grew seven inches, so I was checking in at six feet one, and I'd say about 125 pounds. So between that and the Chachi Arcola haircut and the Charles Nelson Riley glasses, it was rough. But it was 1979, so it was one of the best years I can remember for music, which made things easier, but it made this really hard to narrow down. The obvious choice is My Sharona by The Knack, which was the number one song of the year, and Bert Nevers' amazing guitar solo is one of the best ever. But alas, that's not my choice. However, Pat, if you want to play it, who am I to stop you? Because it's your podcast. Again, this was difficult because... Tom Petty, Super Tramp, Cheap Trick, Dire Straits, ELO, The Police, and so many, many more had great releases that year. Not to mention Escape, the Pina Colada song by Rupert Holmes. But my choice is Dance the Night Away from Van Halen 2 because it really reminds me of that summer of 79 and it is vintage Van Halen pre-infighting and hip replacements. So cue it up right at the beginning because, well cowbell and it's just a great intro thanks pat and stay safe everyone for three in a row just happened to notice that uh two guys had their intro and song edited together so i just let it uh, i just let it play through but let's unpack some information first of all uh aaron khan rubs it in our face tells us that he's young we get it all right i understand uh fine line 
from Chaos and Creation in the Backyard. That's an excellent song. like that song a lot. Then we go into Jeff Holmes and uh, he plays some Jackson 5. I'm cool with Jackson 5. That's before, uh, that's before Michael Jackson became Monster Jackson. He's just a kid then, so I can still listen to Michael Jackson when he's in the Jackson 5. Michael Jackson solo, I don't want to hear it. I'm done with him. And then uh, Pat Halferty. This is, a, this is a guy I know from college. Reconnected with him just a few weeks ago. And um, now I've got uh, two uh, people uh, listening to the show. I got one guy, Pat Halferty, from college. And I continue to have Rob Wilson from high school. And then uh, and, and no other uh, college or high school people that I know of uh, listen to the show. Um, Pat Halferty is a, a year younger than me. Had I been born the same year as Pat Halferty, I would have 100% picked Dance the Night Away. It's in my top five Van Halen songs. Van Halen 2 is, you know, in the one or two spot of Van Halen albums for me. I just love it so much. So uh, good pick from Pat. All right, let's move on. Let's get some, uh, let's get some women voices, some female voices on the show today. Here we go. Hello, Pat. Hello, Rock Solid listeners. This is Deanne from Missouri. And in this week's Monday bonus episode, it takes me back to 1994 when I was 14 years old. There was a lot of good stuff out then. And I stayed with rock always. I really got into grunge then. I was skipping off to school in my flannel and some Doc Martin boots. And I was rocking to Pearl Jam. I think that Better Man came out in 94 on Vitology. And while my friends were listening to pop, I was a rock hard grunge girl and am still that way today. I have always loved the song Better Man. And it just makes me think you got to be strong and you got to be you got to be bold. So, um yeah, hope you enjoy, and thanks for everything, and hope everybody's having a great week. Talk to you later. Bye. Talking to herself, there's no one else who needs to know she tells herself. Joyce Deanne. I love Better Man. Really like that song a lot. Even though grunge ruined rock and roll. No, it didn't. Come on. I say that as a joke. Uh, Deanne was 14 in 1994. Um, I was uh, 30. Hello. All right, we're gonna do uh, gonna do two back to back because this next person has also edited their song into their intro. 
which again, that's cool, but you don't have to do it. So, because I know some people don't know how to do that. It's not easy. These people know how to do it. Uh, this guy has also uh, co-hosted the show with me. And uh, he's going to co-host again when we can, um, like we're doing an all Doobie Brothers episode with this guy. But uh, he was scheduled to be out here in May, but now we got to wait. But it will happen. So, here we go. Hello, Pat and Solid Rockers. This is Nate Treese uh, coming to you from just a few miles southeast of Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. Meaning my apartment. I'm not just hanging out by an airport. That would be odd. I don't know why I set it up that way. But anyways, uh, you know this, Pat, but I grew up in a very conservative Christian household. And uh, my folks were very strict about what music we could and could not listen to. Uh, pretty much just the Christian and oldies stations, whatever old records that fit those categories my parents had already. Uh, and when I was 14, I, I didn't have any money of my own yet, uh, couldn't drive yet. And as you might imagine, we were pretty far behind on internet access. So the only new music I could get my hands on was stuff my friends at school could hook me up with or soundtrack albums. Uh, I think my parents didn't understand that soundtrack albums meant a collection of songs and not the musical score. So they didn't question buying me soundtracks to any movie I was allowed to see as Christmas and birthday gifts. Uh, so in uh, 2004, when I was 14, one of the uh, soundtracks I had was uh, the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack, uh, which I listened to endlessly. Uh, my favorite song on that album was the opening track, Vindicated, by Emo King's Dashboard Confessional. Uh, emo wasn't and, and still isn't a genre I especially enjoy, but I will always have a fondness for this song and the freedom it represented at the time. So let's listen. Hope dangles on a string like slow spinning redemption winding in and winding out the shine of it has caught my eye and roped me in so mesmerizing so hypnotizing i am captivated i am vindicated Hello, Pat and the Rock Solid Nation. This is Woody Meacham from Oak Park, Illinois. I am a first-time contributor. Need to give a shout-out to Kevin Hartbarger for suggesting this and also turning me on to the Rock Solid podcast for his Beach Boys episode about a year and a half ago. So, therefore, every episode after that is short to me. <laughs> Looking back at when I turned 14, I wanted to find a good rock song that really spoke to me. But then I realized on February 11th, 1983, seven days after my birthday, Kilroy Was Here came out, and the song Mr. Roboto really spoke to me. Being a D&D &D guy, a sci-fi nerd, and a theater geek, Dennis DeYoung's voice in that theatrical way of him presenting the song really spoke to me. I didn't want to use a cut the same way you did for Dennis, so please pick it up at three minutes and four seconds. This is Mr. Roboto. Domo origato, Mr. Pat. 
Dennis going for it on some of those notes. All right. Two in a row there. Let's unpack it real quick. Um, Nate Treese, Spider-Man 2 soundtrack is an excellent soundtrack. So good choice. Woody Meacham. Um, I lived in Oak Park for my last two and a half years. I lived in Chicago. So uh, thank you for participating, Woody. Also, thank you, uh, Kevin, for turning Woody onto the show. Also, yeah, Woody, after listening to Kevin's episode, you were probably like, are all these episodes going to be four hours? That's a, that's a lot of stuff. But uh, not. Not not all four hours. This one might be. What else can I say? Sticks. I was, I've been on a sticks kick, uh, you know, for a week before interviewing Dennis and then afterwards also still listening to some sticks. And uh, they really are, you know, different from the other bands that they get lumped into a pile with because uh, because Dennis, Tommy, and JY, they all sing. So uh, it really, those albums are really varied in, in, you know, in musical styles all in one album. And yet, cohesive because it's, it's all the same guys playing on all the tracks. So, um, yeah, who knew 2020 I'd be back to listening to Sticks, but, but I am. But I am. Uh, this next person, I see them every Saturday. I've been seeing them every Saturday face-to-face via Zoom uh, during the Rock Solid Name That Tune game. And um, yeah, just uh, she's also co-hosted the show before. And just uh, just a nice person all around. So let's hear it. Greetings, rock solid friends. It's Carly Anderson. When I was 14, the year was 1987, and I could not get enough of Trip Through Your Wires by U2. I saw them in concert that year, and I remember peering through my binoculars, watching them walk on stage. Bono was holding a harmonica, which meant they were going to play this song first. I was so excited, I started jumping up and down, temporarily forgetting that I was standing on a chair in Cavernous Municipal Stadium in Cleveland. I went flying to the floor, and a bunch of nice college students helped me up. That's just an example of how much I love this tune and I really hope you like it too.
good tune. It's always great to hear a song live that's one of your favorites. You go there and you have uh, you have your set list in your head. And if uh, if some of those songs get played, it, it's exciting. It's exciting. So I'm glad that uh, Carly got to see that uh, and hear that song. Uh, sad that she fell down, but um, glad that she was helped up. And um, that's it. Let's move on. I can't remember if this guy has contributed before or not. Maybe he has. Yeah, he'll let us know. Hey, Pat. Craig Trombley from Ontario, Canada. Um, thinking back to when I was 14, the year was 1984. Like a lot of 14-year-olds, I was sure about a lot of things. Uh, CDs had just come out, and I knew they would never replace the cassette tape. Um, I knew that Andrew Ridgely was obviously the breakout star in Wham. Um, and I was equally sure that the glammed-up Scandinavians I was listening to were going to be huge. And no, I'm not talking about ABBA. Sorry, Josh Fitzgerald. I'm talking about the Finnish band Hanoi Rocks. Um, Hanoi Rocks was was already pretty well seasoned when they got a big record contract and, and a big-time producer in Bob Ezrin for their fifth album, Two Steps from the Move. Uh, sadly, their drummer was killed by Vince Neil in his drunken car crash about four or five months after that album was released. Um, and the band imploded and broke up shortly thereafter. I don't know if they would have made it or not, uh, but I liked the album a lot when it came out, and I still think it holds up pretty well. Uh, song choice, I'm going to go with Don't You Ever Leave Me, uh, and if you take it from the top, uh, probably an appropriate cutoff spot is the spoken word part, which is voiced by Nicholas Dingley, a.k.a. Razzle. I don't know which name is worse, but um, he was the drummer for the band that, that passed away in that car crash. So I guess that's a rock-solid, rock-and-peace fun fact, and hopefully you have a sting for that. Thanks, Pat. Looking forward to everyone's picks. Rockin' Peace, Razzle, and uh, fuck off, Vince. Vince Neal. Motley Crue ruins everything. God damn that band. You know what Motley Crue should do? They should kick Vince out of the band and hire Michael Monroe for the uh, for the next tour. Because that guy can sing. And you know who can't sing. Zap, dap, diddle, lib, doop, doop, zap, dap, dap, cookie puss. 
That's my early morning Vince Neil. I just don't have it. I I don't have it in me to do it today. Um, all right. Next up is the guy who suggested this topic. So let's find out what was going on in this guy's ears when he was 14. Hello, all of you rock solid fans out there in rock solid land. It's your old pal, Kevin Hartbarger, checking in once again from the Chicago suburbs. Today, let's travel back to the year 1983, a pivotal year in world history. Who could forget such earth-shaking events like the debut of the arcade game Dragon's Lair, the introduction of the McNugget, and the birth of 12-time Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest winner Joey Chestnut. It was also one hell of a year for music, and my 14-year-old brain nearly burst from all the new tunes that came my way. I love so many of them still to this day. In fact, I will now spend the next three minutes going through every song I could have picked for the show today. Okay, uh, no, I will not do that. Uh, but I will give apologies to Wrapped Around Your Finger by The Police and In a Big Country by Big Country. Hopefully someone else picked them, or you could just listen to them on your own time. You have plenty of it, and I'm sure the technology to make it happen. <clears throat> Two days after I turned 14, The Fix released their second album, Reach the Beach. And the big hit from that record is one of my absolute favorite songs to this day. So do what they say, say what you mean. One thing leads to another. I hope everyone had fun revisiting their teenage years. And Pat, as always, thanks for having me. song good choice kevin good topic too today thank you so much for the suggestion here's my uh here's my relationship with the fix know all the hits they were all over mtv when i was right at mtv age but uh i never uh i never listened to a, a fix album top to bottom i just knew the hits so i write uh, i write reviews for website called popculturebeast.com. I think I've said that many times. And uh, in 2012, uh, you know, go out to the mailbox and there's a padded envelope, open it up. Wow, I'm painting a picture, right? I walk out to the mailbox. I use my hand. I put my hand on the mailbox. I open it up. I reach in. I pull out a padded envelope. Okay. So uh, 
I opened up the envelope and there's a, an album by The Fix called Beautiful Friction. And I didn't request this album to review it. It just, uh, I was just on a list and it came to the house and I just, um, you know, I just, I, it didn't interest me. I just was not interested. So I'm like, oh, if I get around to listening to it, I do whatever. So it was literally a couple of weeks. And then I find this thing and I'm like, eh, I'll, I'll throw this in the car today when I'm out driving around. I was blown away by this album. I love it so much. It's, it's my favorite fix album. And again, it goes back to that thing of what's the first one you hear. Well, this is the first fix album that I heard top to bottom. And it's just so good. 12 songs. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. I, then I just kept telling people about it. Do you like the fix? They're like, it's 2012. I'm like, yeah, I know, but they have this new album out and it's so great and you got to get it. And, uh, I think I even bought this album and gave it to people, but, uh, beautiful friction. Check that thing out. And the fix albums are hard to find. Physical copies of the fix albums are extremely hard to find. If anyone has, you know, shuttered room or phantoms or walkabout, uh, feel free to, um, to deposit it in, uh, my email via WeTransfer. And after hearing this song too, I feel like I need to reach out to Cy Kernan and maybe see if he wants to do a Zoom interview. All right. A lot of stuff in my head right now. A lot of stuff going on. So right now we are going to do two back to back because this next gentleman is, uh, has also edited the song into his intro. Again, you don't have to do that, but, uh, since he did, we'll just do two in a row. Here we go. Hey, Pat and Rock Solid listeners. Hope you're having a great summer. This is Greg Chittister. I love the topic. 14. It is a very unique age. Chittister, 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 Chittister. When you're neck deep in music all the time. I grew up in a house where the, t- the stereo was on much more than the television ever was. And my mom had her R&B and her classic rock. My brother had his Cool in the Gang, Gap Band. He listened to some Van Halen, that stuff. But little did I know that I was on a collision course with New Wave. By the time I had turned 12, 13, a lot of new different sounds were coming out. A lot of keyboards were being implemented in music. And by the time I was 14, I was neck deep in synthesizer pop. And to pick a favorite song at the age of 14, it could be one of a hundred different songs, honestly. So looking at the list that I compiled down to maybe 10 songs, it would definitely have to be British, it would definitely have to be synth, and it would definitely have to be awesome. So have a listen to the one and only Allison Moyer and Vince Clark and their band Yaz and their song Sweet Thing. Oh no, if 
Salad fans, this is April. I'm Stevo's wife. You know Stevo. Uh, and when I was 14, it was the year 1998. And weird, weird year in music. Uh, Steven Tyler broke his knee while he was on tour with Aerosmith, uh, touring with the, for the album that has the song "Falling in Love Is Hard on the Knees." Uh, took it literally. And then uh, 1998 was the year that my mom took me to Toronto for a weekend, uh, we grew up in, I grew up in Detroit. And so you could just take the train from Windsor, Ontario, right across the river up to Toronto. And I remember when we were pulling into Union Station, uh, I was listening to this album. It's uh, Phantom Power by The Tragically Hip. Uh, one of my top five favorite albums still to this day. I was lucky enough to see them twice, um, once in February of 1999 and once in April of 2007. wish I could have seen them a little bit more often, but, you know, that's how it is. Uh, and so I want to play you one of my favorite tracks off of the album. This is Vapor Trails by The Tragically Hip. hit Vapor Trails from the album Phantom Power. Nice pick. Did not have never heard that song. Now I have. Good, good, good. Canadian band. All right, let's move on to uh well, this is a guy he's been to he was to the Rock Solid uh barbecue. The first one. Second one canceled. Way to go, COVID nineteen. We couldn't even get two in a row. Second annual. Done. Is it rescheduled? Eh, just probably uh, next year. You know. Next May. What are we going to do? You know. I'm not going to die to get a wiener and a burger. Good burger, though. I made a good burger. Here we go. Hi, Pat, and everyone in the Rock Salad community. This is Darren Ficarelli. Uh, this is my first time doing one of these because it's the first time I instantly knew which song I was going to choose. Um, now, it may be a technicality because the song originally was recorded in 1992, but the version that I first heard when I was 14 
was re-recorded and released in 1995. It's by a band called Face to Face out of Victorville, California. And after starting as a three-piece, they added a second guitarist for their major label debut album, Big Choice, which features uh, probably the song I've heard more than any other in my life and still love to this day, Disconnected. Nicely done. First timer. Excellent. Darren drank some, uh, he was drinking some, uh, him and his wife were here. They were on vacation when they were at the Rock Solid Barbecue. They were, they were enjoying a cocktail or two. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. Did they get out of hand? No. Were they lovely? Of course. Uh, were they getting lit? Yeah, they were lit up. Absolutely. Darren, if I'm wrong about that, uh, you can at me, but, uh. Hick is what I say. Uh, I think we're going to possibly have uh, have a two in a row here. Let's check this out. Hi, Pat. Hi, Rock Solid listeners. This is Michael Van Zandt. 1983 was the year that I turned 14, and there was a lot of great music out at that time. I distinctly remember purchasing on cassette uh, David Bowie's Let's Dance album, um, Prince's 1999 album, and for the song selection this week, I'm going to go with Prince. 1999 came out in 1982, but released on February 9th, 1983, was Prince's top 10 single, Little Red Corvette. I distinctly remember this video, um, Prince is Prince dancing, um, the guitar solo from Des Dickerson, the hand claps, it was just kind of uh, new and fresh uh, for a 14-year-old kid to see this androgynous-looking guy just totally rock out with his band, and it was beautiful music, and, and I've been a Prince fan ever since. So, uh, Pat, I've already got this edited for you to uh, kick it off at the second verse, and uh, if you let it play through, it'll fade out right at the end of Des Dickerson's guitar solo. So everybody, please enjoy Little Red Corvette by Prince. Thanks. Guess I should close my eyes when you drove me to the place where your horses run free. Cause I felt a little ill when I saw all the pictures of the jockeys that were living for me. Believe it or not, I started to worry. I wondered if I had enough class. But it 
Hey there, Pat and the Rock Solid Nation, if that's something we're calling ourselves these days. This is Aaron Lowe calling in with one of my favorite songs, this time one of my favorite songs when I was 14. Now, I've been accused of hipsterism in the past, and the present, and it's probably not totally inaccurate. But I don't think I'm cool enough or knowledgeable enough to be a real hipster. My musical knowledge pales in comparison to yours, Pat, or to that of most of your guests and listeners but I've long loved digging beyond the hits and finding my favorites in the deep cuts. And that all started in 1992, the year I started high school, the year I got my first CD player, the year I turned 14, and the year Radiohead burst onto the scene with Creep. Now the single for Creep, yes, I was still buying singles, they fit my budget and I could listen to them walking to school, had one B-side, a song called Faithless, The Wonder Boy. And I loved it maybe more than the A-side, probably because no one else knew it. Everybody knew Creep, but no one I knew had heard of Faithless the Wonder Boy, and it felt like I was really just for me. The lyrics perfectly spoke to me at that age, and I remember listening to this over and over again while I rode my bike through suburban neighborhoods and the woods near my home. It's a perfect slice of adolescent angst, a quiet, loud, quiet ode to wanting to fit in but realizing you can't. It's a great early B-side from what would become one of my favorite bands, and an important milestone in the continuing journey to develop my own tastes outside of Top 40 Radio or whatever my family was listening to. Hope everyone is well, and hope you guys dig the song. Aaron, uh, thank you for you know complimenting me on my musical knowledge. Uh, but again, I I only know what I think I know. And don't sell yourself short. You know lots of uh, useless shit as well. You do. Now, Faithless, the Wonder Boy. It looks like this uh, version he sent me because uh, he certainly didn't uh, dub it from a single and send it to me. I guess in two thousand nine there was a deluxe version of Pablo Honey, and I guess that's when this song maybe finally made its uh, digital debut. That's what I'm assuming. All right, let's move on. 
this person was name checked earlier by his wife and now he is going to chat. Here we go. Hey everyone, former troubled teen Steve O'Dockerson here. I was 14 in 1995 when Smashing Pumpkins put out Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness and that is the album that has 1979 on it. That's what I picked because the music video showed a bunch of dirtbag teens driving around being terrible and that's what we would do i mean we didn't trash convenience stores there weren't really convenience stores we would just drive around dirt roads and i was never cool i didn't really have a lot of really good friends but i remember being in a car with a bunch of like older girls they were like you know 16 or 17 so very sophisticated and my cousin's riding shotgun so that I can sit in the back and I can make the girl I had a crush on laugh. And this song, it's, it's that. So uh, enjoy. pumpkins thank you steve i like the story about your friend let you sit next to the girl you want to make laugh it's always the way to get the girl to like you right make them laugh or you could look you could be handsome like tom Selleck, that dick and get the girl i guess or you can make them laugh um smashing pumpkins i just can't get into smashing pumpkins though i mean I know that song because it's all over the place, but I, I really, you know, Billy Corgan just, I, something about that guy, I just do not like that guy. And so it makes me not want to listen to the music. Is that, is that dumb? Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> does that mean that he's not talented? No, I just don't, I just don't like that dude. I don't know. He rubs me the wrong way and he still owes me money. So all these reasons, all of these reasons. All right, this next guy, I also see this guy every, oh, I see Steve-O every um, Saturday at the Name That Tune, but I also see this guy. So let's hear uh, his intro and his song. Hello, Pat and Rock Solid listeners. Joe Reynolds from Philly here. When I was 14, the year was 1982. A lot of great music came out that year. One of my favorite albums from 82 was Good Trouble by Ario Speedwagon, their follow-up to the massively successful High Infidelity. This album falls a bit short, but there are some brilliant highlights on this record. 
one being I'll Follow You, written solely by guitarist Gary Richrath. I especially love the chorus, and surprisingly, there is no guitar solo, but the piano solo is excellent. Thanks, Pat and Kevin, for this enjoyable topic. Nice, Joe. Are you speedwagon? Good trouble. I agree with Joe. I agree. It it falls short, but there are highlights on that, like uh, "Girl with a Heart of Gold" and the key and uh, "Sweet Time." Um, what's the what's the one? What was the first single? "Keep the Fire Burning." Yeah, good, good stuff on there. It fe- feels uh just doesn't feel like it's quite finished yet i feel like they needed uh needed maybe a, a, some more time in the studio and you know all that stuff it's hard to follow up your biggest album though especially when your biggest album is your 10th album it's difficult if you're an ario speedwagon fan though cherry red records out of the uk has released two amazing box sets One is called The Early Years. It goes from 1971 to 77. And the other one is called The Classic Years. It goes 1978 to 1990. Everything's remastered. It's got everything. It's got mono versions, live versions, um, B-sides, soundtrack songs. It's an all, these two box sets, all encompassing of uh, the REO Speedwagon, um, heyday and prior to the heyday i think it covers every album that was released while they were on a epic slash columbia records so i highly recommend those and they're not expensive so get those all right so folks when i ask you to do these intros i ask you to keep it uh you know 90 seconds is optimal and um i'll you know two minutes okay everyone's doing great today by the way everyone's doing great and uh, this next guy, he, and we're going to talk about it, and we're going to talk about it, but this guy, uh, this guy's intro clock's in at two minutes and four seconds. All right. Turn up the sound, and here we go. This is Raymond Brockley, and I'm pleased as punch to be participating in this celebration of rock and roll podcasting which is the listening, listeners, contribution, contributors. <coughs> oh, God. <coughs> Don't worry. I'm all right. The, um, oh, yeah. Thank uh, you, Jesus, Pat, Jesus for this Christ. opportunity. Jesus fucking Christ. And now, the rest of the story. The year was 1984. I was 14. My favorite song that year... 
had come out two years prior, so we can't talk about that. It, any favorite song from this from these years were all were all based on what I saw on MTV. Um, and in 1984. Okay, I I don't know what's happening here, Raymond. Is this a bit? Are you doing a bit with the coughing and then? And I, I I just don't know what's going on here. It's uh it's uh, it's very it's aggravating. I can tell you that. It's, it's annoying. My top favorite songs. Well, they're two indisputable for me, and close ones that you know close second and hard to decide actually. At the time, I recorded those with a tape recorder off of the TV. Uh, runner up briefly is Slade it was their comeback but this was my first time hearing of them and I soon realized they also did the Quiet Riot songs and of course I'm talking about Run Run Away and I bought special drumsticks which were kind of like thick drumstick like maracas by the way he's not playing a Slade song we, we still haven't gotten to the song he's playing and we're one minute and 36 seconds into coughing and, uh, and shenanigans. So I can play that beat and also have a maraca sound at the same time. This, okay. That's not even the song. I'm Okay. The next, the song I'm going to introduce is word of mouth. No, from the album word of mouth. I didn't get the album till got it on cassette tape a couple years later. And uh, you know the song. Do it again. Awesome video. Love, do it again. Love the album, word of mouth. Hated the intro. Uh, Raymond, I don't know what you're doing. Some people didn't, they, they didn't get their intro on this week. But Raymond, he, he got his in on time. All right, look. Again, I don't know what, I don't know whether the coughing at the beginning was that a bit. I, I don't know what, I don't, I don't know what was going on here. But Raymond's intro was two minutes and four seconds. And through the magic of editing, I edited that down to 14 seconds. I took one minute and 50 seconds out of your intro. Let's hear if this is better. I say yes. This is Raymond Brockley, and I'm pleased as punch to be participating in this celebration of rock and roll podcasting. The year was 1984. I was 14. My favorite song that year, Do It Again.
All right, that was perfection. I don't need I don't need all the nonsense. Jesus. Uh moving on. Aggravated Pat now. This is aggravated Pat. Let's hear this next guy. Hello, Pat. This is Brian Berkey from Pennsylvania. I was 14 years old when I bought my first two 45 singles at the mall record store. I think it was at Sam Goody's, but it may have been the other music store at the mall. But that's not important. One of those records was a big hit in the mid-1980s for some reason. The Curly Shuffle by Jumpin' the Saddle Band. Don't worry, this isn't the song I want you to play. The other record was one that was making its way up the Hot 100 as my birthday was approaching, and it would peak at number 36 in late 1983, a few weeks after I turned 14. It's 100% pure 1980s from the first note onward. Totally bitchin', as we used to say back then. The song is Just Got Lucky by the Joe Boxers. Excellent, Brian. I really like that song. Brian Berkey, are you related to Matt Berkey? I wonder if they are. Please let me know. Uh, no, Jojo Box, I don't, I, I don't think I've ever heard that song. I really, really enjoyed that song. Excellent, excellent. Looks like we're about halfway through our list, and uh, there's going to be a lot of hard rock and heavy metal coming soon. Here's one of those. I mean, I'm fine with it. Just letting you know. It's not a warning. Maybe it's uh it's just a tease, not a warning. All right, here we go. This guy rocks. Hello, Pat and Rock Solid listeners. Jerry Riggs coming to you from Columbus, Ohio. So the year was 1983 when I was 14 years old. I was listening to such albums from bands like Black Sabbath, Born Again, and Dio's Holy Diver. When on May 16, 1983, Iron Maiden released the album Peace of Mind. This would be the first album with new drummer Nico McBrain who played in such bands as Trust and the Pat Travers Band, and the second album was singer Bruce Dickinson. It came down to two of my favorite songs from this album, which were The Trooper and Where Eagles Dare. Today I decided to go with the song Where Eagles Dare. Last year when I saw Iron Maiden concert in Cincinnati, this was the second song they played that night. So, Pat, send your wife and kids to a safe shelter, strap yourself in, <laughs> and start this one from the beginning. Thanks, Pat. You and your listeners be safe.
Very nice, Jerry. Also, soon we're going to have the Iron Maiden uh, or the Rock Solid Iron Maiden logo inspired t-shirts available again. That's a lot to unpack. It just says Rock Solid, but in the, uh, but in the Iron Maiden font. Across the, across the chest of a t-shirt. Those will be available when that is. I'll put a link up and, uh, and all good stuff. The uh, Rock Solid Army shirts are looking sweet. Those are up there. You can go to just go to rocksolidpodcast.com and um, and find out everything about uh, the show and where to get a t-shirt. Literally, we make no money on the t-shirts. It's just for you guys to have something fun to wear. And then people can say, what's Rock Solid? And you go, it's a podcast. And then people can say, what's a podcast? And you're like, oh, get the fuck away from me. All right. It's 2020. All right. Here's the next one. Hello, Rock Solid listeners. This is Ryan Howell. And before I reveal my pick for the When I Was 14 episode, I just wanted to set the scene of what life was like when I was 14. In 2002, the music landscape was completely different with boy bands and pop stars and TRL already hitting its peak. Angsty teenagers like Ryan were looking for something better and they found it. They found that rage, that angstiness that could really get to the heart of suburban teenagers who thought they had so many problems. And they found it in the band Linkin Park off the Hybrid Theory album. This is in the end. Thanks, Pat. It starts with one. I don't know why. It doesn't even matter how hard you try. Keep that in mind. I design this rhyme to explain in due time. All I know. Time is a valuable thing. Watch it fly by as the pendulum swings. Watch it count down to the end of the day. The clock takes life away. It's so unreal. Didn't look out below. Watch the time go right out the window. Trying to hold on. Didn't even know. I wasted it all just to watch you go. I kept everything inside. And even though I tried, it all fell apart. What it meant to be will eventually be a memory of a time I tried so Ryan Howe mixing it up because he's young, younger than me. Uh, there was a little pop in the middle of Ryan's um, intro. And uh, there was another intro uh, that we already played that also had this uh, little pop. So um, that was in the intro. I couldn't, I couldn't edit it out because I would lose uh, some of what Ryan was saying. So um, if you were jolted... If you had headphones on and you were jolted like I just was, that's what uh, that's what that was about. So, uh, sorry about that. So, next up is an artist. I don't think we've ever played this artist on the show. And Carrie Scott, the keeper of the Rock Solid uh, database, would be able to tell us that. Also, I could look at it and find out, but uh, but uh, that would that would be work. So, I'm going to play this guy's intro. I don't think he's ever participated either. And we're going to go into the song that he picked. And uh, we might hear more of this song than we normally might hear because uh, the cat is at the door and wants me to, wants to be fed. 
So I'm gonna see if I can start this intro, let the song play, and get back upstairs, uh, you know, after feeding the cat. Can I do it? I have like a I have like a minute and a half to do it. Can I do it? I think I can. Okay, I'm getting ready. Here we go. Hi, this is James from Grand Rapids, Michigan. The year was 1996 when I turned 14 years old. Now let me set the scene for 1996. Clinton and his saxophone were back in the White House. People were flooding toy stores to get their hands on a Tickle Me Elmo. Will Smith was killing aliens and the box office with Independence Day and the Macarena was the big song of the year. But that's not what my 14-year-old self was listening to, no. I was all in on the British funk group Jamiroquai. That year, they released their third album, Traveling Without Moving, and had a smash hit, Virtual Insanity, that featured a very unique music video. My favorite song from that album is called All Right. It's a funky dance groove that will have you gliding across the room in pure joy. So there you have it. My 14-year-old self picks All Right by Jamiroquai. Enjoy. accomplished although now I'm a little bit out of breath I'm not even sure how much of that song played I hope enough thank you James mixing it up with a song choice where would you hear Iron Maiden Linkin Park and Jamiroquai back to back to back to back just here just right here or at a really fun party alright next up here we go. G'day, Pats and fellow rock solid nationals. It's Matt Jones in Perth, Australia. When I was 14, it was the beginning of 1989, and I bought my first album uh, on cassette. There was a band that had started in Perth, but had moved, like most Perth bands tended to do in those days, they'd moved to Sydney and had just released their debut, which was doing very well across the country. So they were all over local radio. Uh, later that year, they were my first concert as well. If I recall, I got change out of 10 bucks for that ticket. The band was Johnny Diesel and the Injectors. And my pick for this episode is Don't Need Love. Cue it up at about 32 seconds. Thanks, Pat.
All right. Johnny Diesel. Never heard that song before. Also, uh, shout out to Matt. Matt sent me Matt sent me uh, $3 via PayPal uh, to buy the song. And that was very nice of you, Matt. And, um, and, but you don't have to do that. But, um, but I, you know, thank you. And uh, it came from uh, it came from Melissa Jones, and I dated a Melissa Jones in ninth grade, and I was like, "Is that the same what?" But it's not because uh, she doesn't live on you know she doesn't live where you live, Matt. But that's a great song. I, I actually couldn't buy the song. I had to uh, I had to find it on um, YouTube and then turn it into uh, an MP3, which sometimes that's what you have to do when you're looking for. Uh, for these songs, you have to do it. So, but, um, uh, again, again, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the, um, for the $3. And now, now I'm, now I'm bummed because someone, oh, I wanted to mention them. Someone sent me, someone sent me an iTunes card. Oh man. Someone sent me an iTunes card and the reason was to, to help purchase songs for these episodes. And I might've deleted the email. If that was you, please, uh, please email me back and then I will, I will say your name on the next episode, but thank you. I very much appreciate it. And I usually have all the songs anyway. I can usually find them. So it's cool. All right, here we go. This guy's been on the show before. He's participated in this, uh, this stuff too. Here we go. Hello, Pat and rock solid listeners. This is Brian Raisin from Appleton, Wisconsin. This week, I'm going back to 1998, the year I turned 14 and rode my bike to Circuit City to get the latest release by the Bare Naked Ladies, Stunt. This is the album that features the number one single, One Week, which actually topped the Hot 100 for a total of one week. There was a brief controversy once I got home over whether or not a 14-year-old should really be listening to an album by a band called The Bare Naked Ladies featuring the song Alcohol, but after listening to One Week, my folks were on board. I was fortunate that the lyrics were included in the CD book. It actually included some extra lyrics about Luke Skywalker and Yoda that did not make the recorded version of the song. Now, I spent hours listening to One Week until I could sing along with the verses and the chorus. I actually got to put this skill to use in a moment at a school dance where the DJ bet us $100 that nobody could sing along to the full song. Seizing the moment, I went up and took the mic. I could see him getting nervous as I got through needing a set of better clubs, going to find the kind with tiny nubs just so my irons weren't always flying off the backswing. However, after making it through the song, the DJ went back on his bet and did not give me the $100, making it the best and worst karaoke moment of my life. Hope you all enjoy my favorite track of 1998, one week. Take care. Chickity China, the Chinese chicken. You have a drumstick and your brain stops sticking. Watching X-Files with no lights on, with all our maisons. I hope the smoky man's in this one. Like Harrison Ford, I'm getting frantic. Like Sting, I'm tantric. Like Snickers, guaranteed to satisfy. Like Kurosawa, I make mad films. Okay, I don't make films. But if I did, they'd have a samurai. Gonna get a set of better clubs. Gonna find the kind with tiny nubs. Just on my arms and always flying off the backswing. Gonna get into my sailor moon because the cartoon has got the boom anime babes that make me think the wrong thing. How can I help it if I think you're funny when you're mad? Trying hard not to smile, though I feel bad. I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral. Can't understand what I mean, but you soon will. I have a tendency to wear my mind on my sleeve. I have a history of losing my shirt. It's been one week since you looked at me. 
structure of the size and I'm sorry Five days since I laughed at you And said you just did just what I thought you were gonna do Three days since a living room We realized we're both to blame But what could we do yesterday? You just smiled at me Cause it'll still be two days till we say we're sorry Very nice, Bare Naked Ladies, fun band. Brian, that sucks that the guy did not give you the $100. What a dick. That's what April Richardson would say. She'd go, that guy's a, that dude's a dick. Now, luckily, while that song was on, I, I was able to discover uh, who sent me the, uh, the $15 iTunes uh, gift card. And that was Mr. Doug Fox. So, Doug, I introduced you. So now I'm going to play your entry for the week. Thank you, Doug. Hello, Pat Francis and the Rock Style Nation. This is top band, Doug Fox, calling from Central Wisconsin. Why am I top band? Because Facebook says I am. <laughs> uh, I received my Rock Style Army t-shirt on Saturday. Yes. I wore it Saturday and Sunday. My wife said, what's this? I said, it's my Rock Style t-shirt. She said, what's that? I said, it's my Pat Francis. She said, oh, she walked away. Um, I was born in 1975, 14 years later it was 1989. My favorite song of that time, of that year, was Millie Vanilli's Floating Down the Rain. It isn't the lyrics, it isn't the music, it's the authenticity of their voices that they're singing. When they sing, they sing to me with emotion, I know they're singing their hearts out, and I love it. Uh, the one thing about that song I don't care for is at the beginning there's this, uh, fake little rainstorm uh, sounds kind of synthesized. I just wish they actually would record it in an actual rainstorm. I think it would have brought more into the song. Anyways, uh, thanks for the listener podcast. I appreciate them. Thanks for the funny. I appreciate that. Safe, everyone. And here's Millie Benelli's Blame It on the Rain. This is why Doug sent me that card because maybe he didn't think I would have this uh, this song, but I actually do have it because Mike Siegel uh, gave me like two CDs once. One had the Billboard Top 100 of every year in the 80s, and the Top 100 from every year in the 70s. So that was like like a thousand songs on each CD. Or maybe they were burned to Blu-ray discs or something. But anyway, it, it's amazing. So I uh, I go back to those a lot of times when it's you know when I need a song like this because it's on there. Also, you you can't deny the singing on "Blame It on the Rain" or the songwriting. It just you know wasn't done by the two guys that were on the album cover. 
I, I still think they should have um, honored the people that did sing. Maybe they did. Maybe give the Grammy to them. Maybe let them record another album under the name Millie Vanilli. Why should everyone be chastised? Why? All right, the next four or five songs, very eclectic. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't really play any of these artists side by side or back to back. So uh, let's kick it off. Let's keep it going. Hey, Pat, this is Chris in Iowa. And my favorite album as a 14-year-old was definitely System of a Down's 1998 debut. Uh, almost any of the songs on the album could have been my favorite, but if I had to pick just one, then it would be the song Peephole, because it's bouncy, melodic, and I like it as much now as I did then. So enjoy the song and take care. Bye. Sounds like some stuff Kyle might like. I don't know. I'll have to ask him. 1998. That's not my thing, but, uh, you know, if I was a 14-year-old in 1998, that might I might be all over that. Whatever was going to make uh, my parents say, shut the, shut the goddamn door. Shut it. All right. Next up, this guy. This is a guy I called uh, Ken for years. Uh, in the uh, in the Patreon giveaway videos, I would always list him as Ken, because I know a guy that's, that's named Ken and then has this last name, and uh, and this guy's name also begins with a K. It's Kevin, but I would always call him Ken because I'm an idiot. Hello, it's Kevin Winch from the Queen City of the Ozarks. I was born in August of 1966. Having a late summer birthday meant that I was the youngest and smallest of the kids in my class. Despite being short and scrawny, I enjoyed those middle school days, even though I was probably the only kid in junior high who didn't have pubic hair when it came to those dreaded mandatory after PE showers. Less than a month after I turned 14, I started high school in a pretty big school with a student body of around 12, 1300 teens. I had first lunch hour and on that first day I had a long walk to the cafeteria and ended up near the end of the lunch line. The high school cafeteria was a pretty cool place as it had a jukebox that was constantly filled with quarters and playing songs during the lunch period. As I entered to find a place to sit, not only could not spot a friend, I didn't even see anybody I knew. I sheepishly took my seat at a deserted table to eat alone. 
As I ate in solitude, the jukebox was playing Christopher Cross's Sailing. With the melancholy sound and lyrics about wishing to be somewhere else, I thought to myself, is this how it's always going to be? But in the life of a teenager, things change fast. And after lunch, I found my fourth hour class had plenty of people I knew, including my best bud. We all worked out our schedules and secured our own little freshman lunch area by the end of the week. And by the end of the school year, I even had pubic hair. This podcast makes the theory that the music we listened to at age 14 was the most impactful for us. For me, other years were more formative, like 1978 or a three-year span from 81 to 83. Many of my favorite songs from 1980 are ones that I didn't even discover until an adult, since 14-year-old me only listened to Top 40 radio. There are some songs from 1980 I might like better, but no song reminds me of what it's like to be 14 does, like Christopher Cross's Sailing does. Sailing was released as a single in the summer of 1980 and was the number one song on the Billboard charts that last week of August when school started. Some people diss on Christopher Cross and Sailing, but I continue to love the song. I am so glad with the Yacht Rock being a phenomenon now that Sailing's made its way back onto people's playlists. Whenever I listen to Sailing now as an adult, it gives me a daydream feel of getting away from it all while Samuel taking me back to that first day of high school. Pat, thanks for the invitation. You can start the song at one minute and fade out about 50 seconds later. Thanks. It's not far to never, never land reason to pretend if the wind is right you can find the joy Innocence again Oh, the candles can do miracles Just you wait and see Now look, Kevin's intro was two minutes and 43 seconds, which in the future, that's too long, Kevin. But I allow it because you were saying something. You were telling a story. You were, you were, you were giving information. And, and so it was good. Uh, and you didn't, you didn't cough and, and try to do a comedy bit and, 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 you know, do nonsense. So in the future, keep it to two minutes, but. You know, not going to make fun of that one because uh, there's information. There's information. Okay. Keep it moving, Pat. Keep it moving. Hi, Pat. This is Daryl in Kentucky. I turned 14 in 1981, the year that MTV launched. In late 1981, our local cable TV provider advertised a set-top box for $5 per month that gave access to five new channels, one of which was ESPN. I was able to talk my dad into getting the box because I told him that ESPN showed a lot of boxing, which was his favorite sport. For some reason, my dad was feeling generous 
and brought home two boxes, one of which I got to hook up to the 13-inch Sony Trinitron TV in my room. When I hit the button for MTV, my whole world changed. One of those early MTV bands, the producers, were in constant rotation. Certain Kind of Girl is a great melodic pop song from their debut album and was one of those early MTV videos. Thanks for the opportunity to share this memory, and I hope that Rock Solid will check out the eponymous producer's debut album. keeping track we're about a third of the way through that's not true two-thirds two-thirds of the way through math skills not good not this morning uh this guy does facebook artwork he's a funny dude and he also plays the weekly zoom rock solid name that tune here we go Hello, Solid Rockers. It's Glenn K. Amo here again from beautiful downtown Moncton, New Brunswick. So the year I turned 14, that would be 1983, the end of the nightmare that was junior high school and the beginning of the slightly less horrific nightmare that was high school. But this is about music. It was a big year with so many destined-to-be-classic albums released. It was also the year Billy Joel released An Innocent Man, which was everywhere that year and has since become... Well, people seem to not like it so much these days. Still, it was August, and I was two months away from my 14th birthday, and I played this thing on my Walkman until the tape wore out. I loved it all, but in particular, I really loved, and still do, the opening track, which is more rocking than anything else on the album. It was the title track to a not-very-good Rodney Dangerfield movie, which I also have a soft spot for in my nostalgic old heart. And it, as the kids say, friggin' slaps. You don't have to talk all night. I'm a man who can't say no to this song. It's Billy Joel with Easy Money. Easy, easy money. I 
Love that song so much. An Innocent Man album. Love that album when it came out. Do I go back to it much? I don't. But when I do, I still enjoy it. I think Billy Joel set out to do a specific thing with that album, and he uh, he achieved it. 10 out of 10. That's what I'm saying. The uh, the Rodney Dangerfield movie, Easy Money, has... Uh, it's It's got funny parts. It, I'm sure it's not a great movie. I'm sure it doesn't hold up at all. But uh, there is a gag in it that cracks me up so much. They uh, they need to get something, whatever it is. They, whatever whatever the thing they need is. They go to a convenience store. They get up to the door of the convenience store and it's locked. And they read the sign and it says, open 23 hours. <laughs> or maybe open 23 hours a day. So... And they just get there during the one hour that it's not open, which is, it's, that was just hysterical to me. I thought that was so funny. Uh, maybe if I wouldn't have uh, screwed up telling the, uh, telling the, the bit, it would have been funny to you too. David Ace, coming up. The year was 1989. And like the rest of the United States, a young David Ace Gutierrez was captivated by the motion picture called Batman. Uh, Bat Dance by Prince was the lead song off the Batman soundtrack. And uh, that was uh, my jam for probably too long. And uh, sadly, it took up most of my... Uh, I, I wore a lot of Batman shirts in a time um, when, oddly enough, um, people who are comic fans weren't supposed to. I was almost beat up because only the skaters could wear Batman clothes. And I was not a skater. Yet, uh, I knew who Thomas Wayne was and they didn't, but that didn't stop them from trying to pants me or tear my shirt off when I wore Batman shirts or, uh, um, trying to remove my, my shoes because they had bat symbols on them. Anyway, bat dance, Prince. Enjoy. With a smile. sure if this uh, clip I'm playing does the song justice six minutes and 14 seconds and David didn't provide me with a, a cue point so I just kind of I just kind of winged it on that but uh, that's Bat Dance from the 1989 movie Batman I love Michael Keaton and I love Batman and I so so wanted to love that movie so excited opening night Lived in Chicago in 1989. It was my first year in Chicago. Uh, making ends meet difficult. Rent very high. Living by myself. 
girlfriend, college girlfriend had broken up with me. I needed, I needed Batman. I needed it to be good. Convinced myself for years that I liked it. Did you like Batman? Yeah, it was awesome. But no, I do not like it. It misses on so many levels. But uh, thank you, David Ace, for playing uh, Bat Dance. I don't even think the soundtrack works with the movie. But I mean, if you can get Prince to score your movie in 1989, you're going to do it. All right. It's Ladies' Choice. Here we go. Hey, Pat and Rock Solid listeners. This is Bridget in New Jersey. Back in 1994, when I was 14, I discovered the music of my favorite band, They Might Be Giants. Song off their album, John Henry. This song is called The End of the Tour. There's a girl with a crown and a scepter Who's on WLSD And she says that the scene isn't what it's been And she's thinking of going home That it's old and it's totally over now And it's old and it's over, it's over now And it's over, it's over, it's over now I can see myself at the end of the tour when the road disappears if there's any more people around when the tour runs aground and if you're still around then we meet at the end of the tour the engagements are both through the end of the world they might be giants we did an episode about them Steve O'Dockerson, April Richardson. Still not my jam, but I appreciate the people who love them. I do. I do. Hello, Pat Francis and fellow Rock Solid listeners. David Celine from Texas here. The request for the favorite song released the year I turned 14 years old had me reminiscing about my old Sears record player and the few records I actually owned, like Kiss Love Gun, Kansas, The Point of No Return, Yellows, Out of the Blue, and Steve Miller's Book of Dreams. But without a doubt, my favorite song from the year I turned 14, 1979, on one of my favorite albums was Renegade by Styx. The song was so dark and powerful, and I'd never really heard anything like it uh, up to that point in my life, and I loved it. Probably where my love for guitar solos comes from. So, Pat, from the top, Renegade by Styx. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my home. Oh, mama, I can hear you a-crying, you're so scared and all alone. Hangman is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. Second appearance by Styx in this episode. 
had some Dennis. Now we have some Tommy Shaw. That's from Pieces of Eight. That's my favorite Sticks album. I love that album so much. You guys ready for some rock? Some metal, actually. This is true metal. This band uh, has also been played on the show already today, but we're going to hear some more from them. Here we go. Hey, Pat. This is Dwayne Hoffman from Columbus, Ohio. I turned 14 in 1983. It was a great year for rock. Uh, We were still a year or two away from the heavy dose of cheesy keyboards and crappy drum sounds. Rock was good. And I picked up Peace of Mind by Iron Maiden on cassette and wore that thing out. And uh, probably my most played album that's not Van Halen I've played in my life. And uh, the song I'm going to pick is The Trooper. That's just a highlight of every show on every tour since. And uh, when I saw them a couple years later, I had ninth row seats, center, and uh, I caught a drumstick off the poor gentleman to my left's head during the song The Trooper. So it's one of my favorites. So I say, take it from the top, rock on. twice so far. Both songs were from Peace of Mind from 1983. Production on that by Martin Birch is incredible. Bruce Dickinson sounds amazing. And uh, both of those songs were taken from uh, the 2015 remasters. They remastered all the albums for vinyl. And then finally, just the last year or the end of 2000, or was it last year? Yeah, last year, they uh, started to release those 2015 remasters to CD. So all the Iron Maiden stuff, you buy it right now. Looks great. Sounds great. Do it. Do it. All right. Another listener who I see every Saturday. This guy knows some music. We see him uh, at the aforementioned. Rock Solid Zoom, name that tune game. Let's check this guy out. Hey, Rock Solid listeners, Andy in Florida here. The year was 1982. What was my favorite song that year? Well, I was probably a few years away from liking any quote-unquote cool music, because at this time I was all about arena rock, Journey, Foreigner, REO, Styx. And that year, Night Ranger came out with their debut album, Dawn Patrol. So I'm going to go with... Sing Me Away as my favorite song at the age of 14. Sing Me Away. Sing Me Away. 
Night Ranger. I'm not sure who's singing that. Is that Kelly Keegi singing drummer? Is that Jack Blades? I actually, in that song, I, do, I can't tell. I might have to look that up when I'm playing the next song, because now I need to know. I don't want to give misinformation. All right. Next up, here's some more rock. Hi, Pat. Hi, Rock Solid listeners. This is Garrett Chamberlain in Hillsboro, Oregon. When I was 14, the uh, album that was really huge at that time was Hysteria by Def Leppard. I really haven't listened to this in a long time, and I actually like Pyromania and High and Dry a lot better. But I went ahead and took a look at Hysteria for the first time in a long time and picked a song that I had forgotten about. This is Run Riot. Enjoy. was Kelly Keegi singing Sing Me Away. I looked it up. All right, Run Riot. Uh, Hysteria does not have many deep tracks because I feel like everything on Hysteria uh, was a single. But uh, Run Riot is definitely, definitely a deep track. It's not one that you hear a lot. So thank you, Garrett, for choosing Run Riot. And... Let's listen from M Bags. Uh, Mike Bagford here. Oh no! I turned. No, no, whoa, whoa! It sounded like Mike is having a, a rough day of some sort. He sounds exasperated. Let's 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 give a listen again. Uh, oh no! I I, I just I, I hope it got better for you, Mike. It just it sounds it, it just it sounds like you're having a tough time. Uh, Mike Bagford here. I turned 14 in November of 1998, which has to be one of the shittiest years in music. Everybody else gets, like, good years. Since they're old fogies, so you're going to have years, you know, from the 1970s and 1980s and even the early 1990s where they're going to pick some really good stuff. And I get stuck with 1998, the year that Train... Let me repeat again. The band Train released their debut album in 1998. It's how bad 1998 is. And I know there were some good albums released then, but it wasn't until much later until I was able to even listen to those albums, so I can't even count those around this time period. And even good bands like Van Halen and Iron Maiden and Kiss, they're releasing shit albums in 1998. Like Van Halen Free with say I and Psycho Circus. But one of my favorite bands, the Dave Matthews Band, they released their best album in 1998, 
with uh, Before These Crowded Streets, and even though I didn't really get into the album until later on, I did enjoy the singles around this time period. And this is my favorite single from that album. It is called Crush. Sounding good in the headphones. Eight minutes and nine seconds of crush. Yeah, yeah. I do not, uh, I do not uh, love or hate Dave Matthews. He's just there, and you guys can like him or love him. I make, I pass no judgment. Hi, Pat and Rock Solo listeners. This is David Nickel from Ontario, Canada. I turned 14 in the year 1980. 1980 was a great year in music, and looking back, I have so many favorites from that year, although in hindsight, I didn't learn many of them until years later. My favorite song in 1980 was definitely Let's Go by The Cars, but I think that actually came out in 1979, so that violates the rules for today's show. So strictly sticking with 1980, there was another one that I clearly remember as a favorite. It was one of the first albums I bought with my own money. It had such a classic cool album cover, and I remember coming home from school, putting on side one on the turntable, cranking up the volume and jumping around like a monkey, then flipping it over and doing the same thing again. The album was Back in Black, and my song was Shoot to Thrill. Enjoy, and thanks again, Pat, for the great podcast. that song in Iron Man 2 might be my favorite part of the movie not a good movie Iron Man 2 not great uh yeah David there's something about buying that first album with your own money and you picked a you picked a good one back in black at this might be too much information I just bought back in black on vinyl last week last week repurchase it on vinyl because as you know i'm not a vinyl guy but i do have a turntable and i do have receivers and uh, speakers gifted to me by uh daryl asher so i have been buying some vinyl and i've just been buying uh 
uh, my favorite album by artists I like. So Back in Black is my favorite ACDC album, so I buy that one. Will I buy another ACDC album? Maybe, but probably not, even though I own all their music. Back in Black is, is the one for me. All right, moving on. Hi, Pat Francis. It's Darren here from Australia. Keep up the great work. When I was about 14, I was still crazy about Kiss. Heavens on Fire was another hit being heard on radio down here in Australia. But I didn't get to see the video for a short while and always wondered what that intro was all about. But when I saw the Star Child's hands on fire, I finally got it. Now, if the Star Child is there tonight, Pat, which I've got a feeling he might be, can you ask him to do a 2020 version of that intro <laughs> and also ask him if Gene got a bit annoyed that you were playing with fire when it was the demon's gimmick? solid podcast listeners this is mike wiles from naperville illinois i turned 14 when i in 1977 my favorite song from that year is echoes of love by the doobie brothers it's from their album living on a fault line which is one of my favorite doobie brothers albums and i think it's highly underrated I really like Echoes of Love because it combines the voices of Pat Simmons as well as Michael McDonald, and it features some shimmering harmonies. So I hope you enjoy Echoes of Love from the Doobie Brothers from 1977. Oh, 
song on the lists i said that i was gonna play out with a song but then i remembered that uh i didn't remember i just noticed on my list that i already have a something slotted in for the play out and it's uh from one of the listeners so i'm gonna play for you right now another song since i've only played one and you're only supposed to play one but this is this is a bonafide 1978 song for me again born in 64 i was 14 in 1978 and when I saw these guys on Saturday Night Live, that was it for me. I just, I was blown away. It was so much fun. I loved what was happening. I loved everything about this band. And uh, this might be a shocker to you, but here we go. into it unless it's played by the blues brothers with so much fun and with the a little uh poppy rocky edge love it would have loved to have seen the blue brother the blues brothers live anyone who got to see steve martin open for the blues brothers at the universal amphitheater that uh that would have been cool this is Jeff Zebold, and I am from Denver, Colorado, and I've been a listener of the show for about two years now. A good friend of mine, Carly Anderson, oh, thank introduced you. me to your show. So the song I have picked for when I was 14 is Howard Jones's No One Is to Blame. So for people that aren't Howard Jones fans may not be aware that there are actually two different versions of this song. So the original version appeared on Howard Jones's 1985 album, Dream Into Action. The song was not a single off of that album, which includes songs like Things Can Only Get Better and Life in One Day. The second version of this song, and the version that most of us are familiar with, came on his 1986 EP, which was called Action Replay. And this version was re-recorded and produced by two people. First person was Hugh Padgeman, who had a long history of being a producer working with artists such as The Police, Human League. XTC, Peter Gabriel, Genesis, and Phil Collins. Turns out that the other producer on this reworked version of No One Is To Blame was Phil Collins himself. And Phil also provided backing vocals and drums on this song. And as many of you may recall, 
at that point in time, pretty much anything Phil Collins touched turned into a top 40 hit, whether it was his music with Genesis or his solo work. Uh, and so then it was no surprise that this reworked version of No One Is to Blame ended up being a top 40 hit for Howard Jones. I, of course, was familiar with Howard Jones prior to this because I had seen his videos on MTV from his first album, which was called Human Lib. Uh, so that album include New Song and What Is Love and a lot of other songs that I really liked. Um, but No One Is to Blame still remains his most popular and probably his, his best song. And for me, it definitely is a song that can take me back to what it was like to be 14 years old and the music of the time and just really makes me nostalgic. And that's why I ended up picking it. that uh took that song from a cool box set called uh, phil collins plays well with others four disc set has um you know anything phil did with uh other people is on there it's great i highly recommend it get it get it all right this is my friend karen from up north here we go hi pat karen landry here i was 14 in 1979 I grew up in a very small village with limited access to radio, only one shitty AM radio station. Luckily enough, my older brother had moved back home along with his kick-ass stereo system and all his records from his membership to Columbia House. We were not supposed to touch his stereo, but when he went to work, I was all over that. I always got excited when new albums came in the mail. Cornerstone by Styx came out late that year, and I listened to this one song over and over. I can still picture myself in my Montreal Canadiens jersey, old brown corduroys and my North Star sneakers, sporting a bad haircut. The song is Boat on the River. Thanks. Take me down to my boat on the river I need 
sticks again. I won't cry out Three sticks tunes today. I assume everyone's into sticks because they liked uh, the Dennis DeYoung interview. That's what I tell myself. That helps me get to sleep at night. That it was because of me. Me! All right, we got one, two, we got two more intros and songs. Then I'll do a little promoting. And then we will uh, have the play out, which is also, uh, by my choice, it's uh, from a listener. Here we go. Hey, Pat and Rock Solid Nation. It's Jess Goebel. Looking forward to a little blast from the past with this When I Was 14 topic. This is a fun one, but not easy, though. I was absorbing rock music like a sponge in 1979 when I was 14. I had just moved to Detroit the year before and was so woefully uninitiated into the world of rock and roll. I was doing everything I could to listen and learn as much as I possibly could. Every song I heard on the radio was a new band, a new sound, a new experience, and I was totally obsessed. Looking back on the music from that year, there was a ton of songs I could have picked and made a strong case for. Then I realized that Supertramp Breakfast in America came out that year, and it was all over. I don't think I could have named a Supertramp song before that album came out, but my God, that album hit me like a ton of bricks. I don't think I'd ever heard anything quite like it before. The lead vocals, the saxophone, harmonica, the wonderful harmonizing. It was like melted butter to my ears, and I listened to that cassette constantly. It's an amazing album, T to B, but Take the Long Way Home is my favorite, and remains one of my favorite all-time songs to this day. Started off around 105, and enjoyed this wonderful memory from my early teenage years. Rock on. Thank you, Jeff. I've recently just been getting into Supertramp for the first time. and I'm talking about the albums. I certainly know the singles, certainly know the hits. But uh, Carrie Scott and Wes Anthony want to, down the road, hopefully in person, do a Supertramp episode. So I'm preparing. I'm, I'm studying up, figuring it out. All right, this will be... The last of the regular playlist. Then we'll do some promoting, like I said, four seconds ago. And then we'll do the play out. Here we go. Morning, y'all. And happy Father's Day, fellas. Tony Greathouse, down in Alabama. Picking my favorite song from when I was 14 years old. My old ass turned 14 in 1980. And that was the year I pretty much discovered Prince. Dirty Mind came out the fall of that year, and I had just turned 14 a couple of months before. Hint. Um, when You Were Mine. Pop, new wave, punk, kind of. One of the best songs ever. 
And it is truly a song that I still listen to loud all the time. It's the beginning of an obsession, one that I admittedly didn't know how to process at first. Being a young teenager down south, loving this guy wearing his girlfriend's garter belt. But you know what? Who cares? I learned that a long time ago. I forgot where to say start it. Pat, you pick a place. And y'all be sweet. First time I heard this song was Lindy was Lindy. Oh my God! First time I heard this song was when I was dancing the Lindy. That's when I heard it. Now, the first time I heard, oh my God, I got through the episode not too shabbily, and then here at the uh, at the end I'm falling apart. First time I heard this song was the Cindy Lopper version. And um, I love that version, and of course I love this version. All right. That's it, folks. We went over two hours, and that's cool. It gives you something extra to listen to this week while you're under lockdown. I hope everyone's staying safe, healthy, and well. Uh, If you're listening to this right now, remember the next Monday's episode is all about the who. Send me your intro, under two minutes, preferably 90 seconds or less. Send me your Who song. Don't send me the song. I have all the music. And uh, no solo stuff. No Daltrey, Townsend, Entwistle, God forbid, Keith Moon. And uh, and we'll do a Who episode. That'll be fun. I love the Who. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun for me just as a as a fan of the Who to hear what you guys bring. And again, you're gonna have exactly two days. Uh, the cutoff point is going to be uh, Wednesday, and I can't, I can't take anything past Wednesday. So do it quickly, get it in. Uh, go to RockSolidPodcast.com for all things about the show, episodes, and T-shirts, and Patreon link. Go to Facebook. You can like us on Facebook. Go to iTunes, now known as just Music. Write us a review, or is it called podcasts? I don't know. It's all separate now. But write us a nice review. Yeah, you know, you're in lockdown. It takes, literally takes three minutes. Write two sentences. 
done. Uh, follow us at Rock Solid Show. And I'm enjoying doing these episodes. It's great hearing what you guys uh, bring to the table. So I thank you guys for helping me be my virtual co-hosts. And uh, that's it. Stay safe, healthy, and well. And on to the playout, which is actually it's one of my favorite songs. It really is. And I liked, uh, it's definitely my favorite song by this band. And I really liked how this guy um, edited his clip together. So here we go. Thanks, guys. Hello, Pat. Rock solid listeners. Eric Sue, Kenmore, Washington. Age 14, going into eighth grade. Trying to navigate the subdivisions of life. And then that rush song, Subdivisions. You know, growing up, it all seems so one-sided. Opinions all provided. The future predecided, detached and subdivided in a mass production zone. Yes, miss you, Professor Neil Peart. As great a lyricist as a drummer. Miss you so much. This is Rush. Subdivisions. 1982 Signals album. 